0: The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in seeing their current inventory? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com, or just stop by the dealership and take a walk around with one of their salesmen. They have a no-commission sales team and are dedicated to a no-haggle, no-pressure experience. We've been working with Volkswagen of Boise for a few years now and we highly recommend heading to their team if you're looking for a quality car in the Treasure Valley. Just needing a laugh? Head to their Instagram page, VW of Boise. They have a full-time fund director dedicated to showing you just how fun buying a car can be.
1: This is the Boise Bubble Podcast, where we talk all things Treasure Valley.
0: We're your hosts, Shane and Natalie Plummer. Welcome back to the conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Boise Bubble Podcast. Today, we're doing something a little bit differently. Um, we're actually doing a collaborative podcast recording with sharing her journey which is a fantastic local podcast and um, let me just introduce you guys for just a second why don't you tell me a little bit about what you guys do
2: so hey natalie we share the stories of women to help them recognize their voice to help them facilitate authenticity and integrity so they can brave the tough conversations of life so that each may be the author of their own journey
0: Okay. That's like amazing. And <laughs> probably why I it. I've never heard it described that way, but that is a perfect description of your podcast. That's so great. So we had been chatting, you know, we, I have a podcast, they have a podcast and they'd actually asked me to be on their podcast about what it's like to be an influencer. And as we've mentioned on our podcast on the Boise bubble, Shane and I have attempted several times to do a podcast of that same theme, but we keep on scrapping it because I just don't love my husband being the person who's interviewing me. So I asked so nicely (laughs) if we could kind of do this collaboratively where you will be interviewing me on your podcast for my podcast as well and kind of share that on both outlets. So um, as we're moving in, what you'll be hearing now is uh, my conversation with the two of them, and I hope you enjoy it. And can you tell us quickly where you can find your podcast and also
1: your Instagram and all of that? It's just at SharingHerJourney.
2: Okay. And our website is SharingHerJourney.com. Awesome. All right. Let's get talking. Awesome.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sharing Her Journey podcast today. We are so excited today to have a special guest, Natalie, with us from Hello Meridian. Hello. (laughs)
2: Hello. Yeah, Natalie, thanks so much for joining us at Sharing Her Journey. I'm so
1: excited. This is so fun.
2: Yeah, so I was thinking about the first time that you and I met, which was at a community event. Mm -hmm. I was volunteering with the Idaho Adoption Coalition, who was doing a joint event with Boise State, Mm -hmm. and I had... I had been asked to kind of spread the word in the community. And so one of the platforms I thought of was yours. Mm -hmm. So I just like randomly reached out and said, hey, do you mind sharing this message? And you said, absolutely. I will totally share this on my platform. And then we met at the event for the Mm -hmm. first time. And it was really cool to meet you there and then to kind of we were sitting a few rows behind you to watch you in action Uh and which was cool I'd never seen anything like that before Uh and I just love that that was kind of the first time that we met yeah at a community event for kids that was really fun yeah and so you are the you're an influencer yes that is the word that apparently describes my job (laughs) yes you are hello meridian Uh uh-huh that, that's like a social media platform. Mm-hmm. It's in on case, Instagram. Yep, in case anyone's curious. And then you are also a writer. Mm-hmm. You write for magazines here locally. Do you do any national writing? Not since I started Hello
0: Writing. I really niched niche down. When I was a blogger, I did national writing, um, but I've really tried to kind of focus in Idaho now.
2: Yeah. And then you also have a podcast, mm-hmm. The Boise Bubble. Yes. And I love the logo. And I love the name. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. I like love it. And you the Boise bubble does all things Treasure Valley. Yes. So I do with my husband. It's supposed to be kind of this
0: bubble that we live in, which is, you know, Boise and the Treasure Valley in general. And yeah, we talk about basically conversations that about this area of what it's like living here that we think other people might be interested in and might want to continue the
1: conversation on their own. Which I love that because I'm a native, grew up here, so I love everything voicey.
2: Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and you just had a guy on who's a historian for, like, Idaho history, Mm -hmm. and I just started following him because I'm an educator. That's kind of where I started in history. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm so excited to learn about Idaho history. Yeah, Mark's awesome, and um,
0: we're going to be doing more series on um, Idaho history in general. We just did that one kind of to talk about why history, because sometimes I think that's forgotten, Um, but he's such a wealth of knowledge, and so we're going to just, you know, you can't really know your current situation, unless you know a little bit of your foundation. So we're kind of focusing on that, but yeah,
2: awesome. Mm -hmm. And then you also are a social media. You do social media for other companies here in the Valley, right? Yes. That was how I started. Um, before I became an influencer, that was kind of accidental
0: actually. Um, but I run a social media management company, which I kind of took down a little bit, but, um, haven't announced yet but that's ramping back up in a big way is to to offer social media services like at a very high quality level Mm -hmm. because that's what a lot of people need right now it's kind of all about social media now
2: yeah Yeah. and the one i saw was for roaring springs here locally like they're doing this expansion which i thought was really cool because the Mm -hmm. valley needs fun places for like all people to go to yep so they're my client i've been running their page for i think five years now that's awesome Mm -hmm. and then you're married to yes. Shane, uh-huh. who you do the Boise Bubble with. Yep, we've been married almost 21 years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And then you've got three kiddos. Yep, I've got a 16-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son and a 8-year-old daughter. Awesome. So are there any other things that you would like to add about you before we dive into our conversation? Um, let's see, I'm a Virgo. I'm just <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> I don't really believe in that so much, but it's funny because people will meet me and they'll be like, are you a Virgo? I'm like, ah. Oh. Okay. Maybe there's something to it. That's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, no, that's, that sums up definitely my career and my, uh, my family life. I'd mm-hmm. say, um, I was raised, um, on the border of Idaho and Washington, um, I, in Greenacres, Washington, right next to post falls. So, um, and I went to school for a little bit in Idaho and then we moved here 11 years ago from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we'd lived in the South for
1: eight years before we moved here.
2: Awesome. Yep. Well, we're so happy to have you. I'm so excited.
1: Okay. So we're going to go back to when you were a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. and you began blogging. So tell us why you started that.
0: Well, because stay at home mom is um, like the hardest thing ever. And um, it's like, oh my gosh. So I was just so shocked by what that would actually be like. I worked up to the day before I had a baby and then all of a sudden I was like, I had this baby and it was like, this is so much harder than I could have ever comprehended. Like and I lived in Tennessee, I had no friends like closer than t- like maybe 20 minutes away. And they weren't close friends and then no family within, you know, a plane ride across the country. Um so I got I was really lonely. My husband traveled all the time. So I started um blogging just for fun um about motherhood, about how wonderful it was and how awful it was and trying to figure out How the hell am I supposed to balance this, you know, and keep my sanity? And then all of a sudden I like had followers. And then all of a sudden mommy blogging became a thing and I was getting um, sponsorships. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I was writing for, you know, websites and um, it just kind of became this thing I did at night so that I wasn't just like losing myself into Netflix. And then it became, and I did it for like eight years. So it was cool. It was just kind of this now it's like my journal but it's funny because um now i don't really share so much of the personal but for 8 years it was very i was very open
2: mm-hmm.
1: so 8 years blogging so how did that help you grow as a woman
0: like being a blogger
1: yeah being a blogger well
0: um i think it connected me to other women i think which was really it was really powerful was there there were a lot of people who were looking for networks and community who were very isolated in our homes I think that suburbia is not really a natural state. We're still kind of getting used to that. So we're all doing everything by ourselves. And there are a lot of women who I think look to other people who kind of felt that way. Um, but also, like, I loved being a stay-at-home mom. I did it for 10 years just straight with with not doing anything during the day except for that. And I wouldn't take that back. It was awesome. Like, I loved spending the time with my kids and, like, being there for all those moments. And But I was definitely losing a piece of myself and so being able to to write and to writing for me writing is how you figure out what you know and what you believe like I have to my my um phone is like has thousands of notes where I'll sit down and I'll pull over to the side of the road when something comes to my mind and I just write it and then I reread it until I figure out what do I really believe what do I really think and so blogging gave me a place where I had some kind of control, I think, over myself and I really started to understand myself better and at the same time learning what's helpful to people and what people value. So
2: what was that that like then when you're writing your blogging thoughts and sharing and just sending it out and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you get some national online space that wants to. Publish some of your work, or they wanted you to write for them. What was Uh, that like? I mean, it was it was cool. Um,
0: At first, it was super exciting. Like I'm trying to like think back because now it's like, it's just like the job. In the beginning, I was like, oh wait, what? I've always had this kind of thing where I don't, I'm not intimidated very easily, and I kind of see everyone as basically a 16 year old who's faking it. Like everyone feels that that about themselves. Like how did I get here? How did I? And I, I, I really did feel like a lot of that stuff was achievable. I didn't know I would do it at that point. But the people who were reaching out to me were just like, other cool people. And so it was more about like, just connecting with really interesting, um, accomplished people that that excited me quite a bit. And it was weird. This is I don't want to throw my husband under the bus but we really struggled in the beginning of me doing this is that he was not very interested in like that part and and we had to go through like some serious like crucial conversations about it years later but I was struggling with the fact that I was achieving quite a bit but my husband wasn't quite getting it and not enjoying it with me as much and so sometimes looking back I see a lot of that tinge of mm. like this time where it's like in our marriage it was kind of, there was this struggle, if that makes sense. Yes,
2: it does. And I think that that is, that a lot of couples go through that, Mm -hmm. right? That that's, that's a, that's a common occurrence when one couple has viewpoints that are different than maybe what is occurring Mm -hmm. and learning how to work through that together to kind of get to the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you, you did
0: well yeah i mean we have a podcast together it's kind of it's interesting cuz people see like what we are now and to be honest our marriage is very like it's been it's been a process it's been 20 years to get to the point where we can communicate the way we do mm-hmm. but we wanted to but it was a lot of so much work yes. but like in the beginning of those blogging times there was a lot of uh contention on like maybe i'd be distracted and and so mm-hmm. we had to work a lot on that and um so I mean, really, like almost negotiations in our marriage to get to the point where we're at now, and now it's it's good, but it's still constant um, discussions and reevaluating.
2: But I think that's like so healthy and so good, though, and I think that's awesome. You guys are having those conversations. That's so important yeah. for couples because a lot of couples don't do that. So I love to hear that. You I don't are. know how
0: they stay together if they don't do that. Honestly, we had this conversation like the other day. Like we we pinpointed a few things that we developed in our marriage that had we not, we would not be together today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just, were absolutely essential to us both feeling heard and, you know, which
1: is important to both of
0: us.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Well, since you're talking about your marriage, I, mean, <laughs> I just, I heard you talk about on social media that you guys have separate bedrooms. Yeah,
0: we do. We Yeah. Do you? Do. Uh, it, can you talk
1: so, about that? Like, um, I, I mean, cause I can relate. Me and my husband, we slept in separate rooms for almost a year cause he has yeah. really bad snoring. Yeah. Well, them. it,
0: it always it seems to always start with the snoring. <laughs> so, um, Honestly, our marriage is a little peculiar in a lot of things because we both are very focused in like, um, I hate to say extreme ownership because I know there's a book, but that's what it feels like. But it's like to totally define, redefining constructs in general is something that's really important to us. That like, we love foundations of things, but we can totally change things with what works for us. And And that constant evaluation, I feel like it gets you to this place of satisfaction and wherever you are. So for us, um, we have a lot of things in our marriage that we're like, okay, this is how most people do it, but I'm not a huge fan. How do you feel about that? Um, and with the, so I co-slept with my babies because I nursed, um, all of them for like a forever. I just, because uh, there's a whole thing, but I just did a lot of breastfeeding, then, um, he, he didn't get great sleep. So he would, I just was like, go sleep in the guest room. And then when he came back, he did snore, but I realized that we just didn't sleep very well. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, and that's very important. super important. <laughs> yeah. And yes. like, you just happened to be near me. It's like, okay. And also we, um, realized we had a lot more sex when we didn't share a room because mm-hmm. when he was in when he was in my room not usually his his room because it doesn't have a lock but when he was in my room he was there for a reason either we were like we make out a lot like i don't know why couples just like it's weird couples like just have sex like what are you thinking like (laughs) make out like anyway we'd he'd be be making out or we'd be chatting like we don't watch tv together Mm -hmm. very often very very rarely but we talk a lot so he was there to talk or he was there to make out or just to, like, be close. But it was never, like, scrolling on our phones together or something. Mm-hmm. And then we just, like, suddenly being in bed together was, like, always pleasant and lovely and fun. And also, I'm a creative. So my room's messy, like, a mm-hmm. lot. And mm-hmm. his room is not messy. Yeah. And now, if my room is trashed, he doesn't care. He just comes in and, yeah. you know, like... Yeah. He, he just is visiting the, he does, he does get really annoyed at the bed is not clean. Cause he's like, where am I supposed to be? But yeah,
2: so yeah, yeah that's, it's worked
0: out right. It's been like, I
2: don't know. So does he have his own years closet years. too? Yeah. And bathroom. Yeah. Wow, it reminds great. me of, did you ever see the show Gilmore girls? Mm-hmm. Okay. It reminds me when, do you know what this did you watch The no. Soak, Kirsten? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's when Lorelei is dating Jason. Uh-huh. And they go there and they, you know, they, like, have sex. They're this couple. And then... He is basically like he gets up to leave to go to a different room. And Laura's like, Lorelai's like, where are you going? Uh-huh. He's like, oh, no. I mean, he like tells her all these things. And she's like, I'll just go home. Like, I don't want you to have to sleep in a separate room. And he's like, no, I want you here in the morning. I need to sleep in a separate yeah. room. Like, I love you. Yeah. And so anyways, that was what That kind of just reminds me of. But that Lorelai at first was. It just wasn't like part of her social norm. Yeah. But it was something that she got used to and that became this like endearing thing about their relationship. Anyways, that's what that like. And you know what's funny is
0: you saw that and that became the social, you know, that became more normal probably. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that Shane and I question a lot is, is this working for us? Mm -hmm. Even if it's working for everyone else or even if everyone else is doing this thing, is it actually working for us and, and having the ability to discard things that aren't working anymore?
1: Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great that you're like, oh, I'm good with this and I love it. And mm-hmm. um, it's. I was just having a conversation with my brother this week about married couples who live apart. Oh, yeah. And um, or even he said he had a friend that's been in a relationship for 10 years and they don't live together. And yeah. it's just fascinating. But yeah, I know quite a few for, people like that. Yeah. For going out of the going out of the norm and just figuring out what works for you. Yeah. OK, so let's jump back to so you're doing your lifestyle blog <clears throat> and then you decided to start your social media page. So what, so it wasn't
0: was quite a, like, it wasn't, it such, a it wasn't such a streamlined, streamline, streamline, streamlined, um, transition. So what happened while well, I was blogging and then I had, um, a very traumatic delivery with my youngest daughter. and um, it was awful. I almost died in a C-section and it was, um, a lot of medical trauma. Like basically they just couldn't, it was, it was a mess, but they couldn't close me. And I was like, on the table for like an hour and a half. And then, um, I was in shock afterwards for like, looking back, I was in shock for longer than I thought I was. But in that process, I lost the use of my right hand just due to this shock. Um, like I had to re relearn to write and to use it. I couldn't like hold my baby like a normal way. And I had noticed that blogging was waning, like in just in its engagement, and I saw things were going to Instagram. I didn't really want to go to Instagram. So I'm like, you know what? I can't type. I, I'm i so, I'm mentally not well. Like I'm so, you know, traumatized. I'm like, I think this is a good segue to just say goodbye to blogging. And I think I was kind of like de- dead inside from this experience that it was like, I just let it go. So I really just stopped blogging. And I didn't do really anything for like a year as I kind of just... Some people like have babies and then they're like back at the gym. Like I have babies and like, it's, it's, it's rough. Um, and that whole first time I have, I have a, another thing called, <laughs> I'm, I'm a mess. <laughs> if you get to know me, I'm a mess, but I have this thing called dysphoric milk ejection reflex. It's called Demere. And it's basically like, it's something that you struggle with, with breastfeeding moms struggle with, where it pl- plunges you into a dopamine deficit when you, de- when you breastfeed, it's a, it's a really weird awful thing, but you're not like always in a great space for like during nursing. So I basically just took this year off and had no plans to go back into blogging and just kind of whatever. Um, and then the, I, but I was so off kilter, I think losing that. And so I, someone, a company was starting in town and they had heard that this national blogger was, lived here and they reached out and said do you run social media and i was like um no but i could and i looked at what they wanted i'm like oh yeah i could do that in my sleep and i thought um i actually wanted to earn some more money because um during my whole surgery and all the things um i was really cosmetically quite damaged in my stomach area and i had some other problems and um to fix that until i have like a tummy tuck and all the things was gonna be ten thousand dollars and i was like holy crap I didn't want to take ten thousand dollars out of our savings so i was like what if i started doing social media and bought paid for this myself like i could probably do that in like a year or something and so i was like i'll just do this and then all of a sudden i was running it and companies heard about it and i all of a sudden had like quite a few companies um, that i was running social media for and then as i was doing that i had this idea what if I started a local page where I talked about all the cool things happening? You know, all the things that Hello Meridian is support business, and I could also send traffic to all my pages that I'm running because I want to build them up. And at that point, I had had some. I was running twelve pages, and I wanted to send uh, get them more following. So um, I was uh, on i Marco Polo with a bunch of my friends who also ran social media. And I'm like, hey, what do you guys think of this idea? And they're like, that's an awesome idea. And that night we did Hello Meridian, Hello Spokane, Hello Jacksonville, Hello Salt Lake City. There, in the beginning, all my friends started these same pages, which mm-hmm. was really oh, funny. Wow. And I just created a logo for all of them. And I'm like, let's try it. And then I'm the only one who stuck with it. Like one of them never posted again. One of them did it for like a year Wow. And then uh, mine now mine's a an Instagram page that. <laughs> yeah. That
2: is the coolest story. I did not know that. That's how you started. Yeah, I love, I love that. That's and that like this idea came to you as you were, and then you asked your friends about it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, it was fun. I love that. Yeah, that's
0: cool. Yeah, the plan was like we could just slowly take over all the, all the cities. And then, <laughs> then they're all, we like, this is hard. I'm yeah, like, I yeah. know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It was yeah fun.
1: That's very cool. So when you first started Hello, Hello Meridian for the first couple of years, nobody knew Natalie. Yeah.
0: That was, that was intentional. Was intentional. Uh, I never, uh, because of blogging was a very emotional experience. There was a lot, um, I did a lot of like personal conversations with people, uh, women and like, I, I felt like it kind of overwhelm me emotionally a little bit. Um, and also, um, influence that an influencer wasn't really a thing yet. I feel like I was just kind of on the cusp of the beginning of so many things there. I was like the first mommy blogger. There was like a hundred of us. I mean, when it first started. Um, and so, um, I kind of, I'd seen that there were people who were putting their face out there, but at the same time, I was very cognitive that, this is a small town. I mean, Boise area is not big. And it's like, okay, I don't necessarily want to give away my anonymity. Um, and it got big very fast. That was what was interesting. There were like 2000 followers the first week. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like this might be not just a side thing. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I just, um, I didn't put my face on there until honestly, the catalyst was so random, but, um, this guy decided to start telling people he was running Hello Meridian and was actually going around trying to get business to oh run God. their pages. And there was nothing to really say like that he mm. didn't. Mm. And so I put my face out there. And like some of the other, like Diana from Boise Bucklist, she was so funny. She'd like put on, like, show your face, Natalie. Like she'd actually post that. And I'm like, Shh, stop talking. But um, <laughs> when I put my face on the engagement rate, like doubled. And I was like, Oh, man. <laughs> but then also it became just easy. Yeah. to just talk. It like made my life easier to just go on and say, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then it transitioned from me just running a local page to now. I'm an influencer, which is not the same
1: thing. Right. It's interesting that you say that because we had the opportunity to interview Jenna Kutcher. And oh, she yeah? Wow. yeah, and she said that, when she was talking about her social media that she said that if you look at when she started her Instagram and there was no faces of herself mm-hmm. and she said the minute she decided to post her face every single day yeah like it just exploded yeah and that's what people that's all that people they yeah. want the personal side and I they know. want and that's what she's like the your brand and this is like really helped me too in my business was she said that your brand is you mm-hmm. and I think that you've a great example of like your brand is now you
0: yeah it still makes me uncomfortable (laughs) though because i get it yeah yeah at the same time it's and now it doesn't matter it's too far gone but i I, so wait why does it make you uncomfortable well one hello mardine is a great page but it doesn't define me it's not who i am Mm -hmm. um it's a very positive page but like i have so much going on like it's like 10% of who i am maybe would be shown here mm-hmm. but then now i live in a world where i'm known by this page mm-hmm. and i have to realize and that that's okay it doesn't matter i don't need like my my full self to be out there i don't want it to be um but where where wherever i go it's that's who i am that's who i'm known for and and i am recognized like everywhere i go now um because People are all on social media. So mm-hmm. even if they're not a follower of mine or whatever, uh, follow my page, um, they've seen me somewhere. And so I've lost the place I had in my hometown. And that's hard for me sometimes because uh, I did that to myself, but now I just have to own it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's okay.
1: So is that hard for you when you go out? How do you, if people are like, if they want to talk to you, is that, hard? I mean, how do you deal with that?
0: Um, <clears throat> I don't mind it like it's okay I don't like it when we're like when we're like interrupted at dinner or something like we were at dinner with some friends and someone came and sat down next to us like to talk to me and I was like with a group of people (laughs) but at the same time I mean I want to be respectful and like I have that conversation that's fine um but um no I mean I'm I'm always happy I don't really see it as like I'm just like a person here in the community. And so it's just now I get to meet other community members. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm also a little nervous and like, okay, there is here in my natural element. And there, I, I hope they're not super disappointed that they're probably going to hear me swearing or like being mm-hmm. super sarcastic. And like in, in private, um, I, I've had many people say, you're really not what I expected. Cause it's just, I was just, a, I'm a normal person. I'm a little more raw. Yeah. Um, And so then I'm always thinking, oh, this is, I don't have the opportunity to make first impressions anymore. I think is, Mm. is hard. Mm -hmm. I, people meet me with an impression made that might not be accurate for my whole self. Yeah. Um, and so like double dates, things like that. Um, like I'm the, I feel like I'm a little bit of a deficit with that is that everybody gets to present this part, but it's like, mine's very established.
2: Yeah. Well, and kind of what I'm hearing you say too, is that like, hello Meridian isn't you're not hello meridian Mm -hmm. hello meridian is a part of who you are Mm -hmm. in that it's a part of this work i mean as a businesswoman that's Mm -hmm. something that you do yeah but natalie is so much more than hello Meridian. Sure. And you're sharing a piece of yourself through that in the work that you're doing mm-hmm. on the page and letting people know about what's going on in the Valley. Yeah. And a curated part too.
0: I yeah. mean, I'm not there raw, like crying or whatever, like, cause I don't want to be right. Um, and also, you know, I'm featuring really fun, happy things and like my hair looks really good today. And like, look yes. at this fun thing I'm doing and the f- fun food I'm eating Yes. because that's what's helpful to the businesses that I'm working with. Yep. Um but it's not a life's I'm not a lifestyle influencer where I'm like showing my hardest times and like it, so it's just not what that brand is about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I I'm not sure everyone understands the difference between branding and and reality. It's, you know, it, it's very different. But that's one of the reasons we started the podcast not to like show this more authentic self but just cuz conversation's fun and Instagram's short and like mm-hmm. you know it's uh this It's just Easier I think I feel more comfortable as my my personality is able to shine a little bit more on the podcast.
2: Yeah. Well you showed some stuff. There was this there's a store in downtown Eagle that I love to go to. Um it's like the European I can't even Maison Blue. Yeah, Maison Blue. And you had showed some stuff on Hello Meridian probably the first of December or something. And I hadn't been in the store since they had put up like all the Christmas stuff. Mm -hmm. So you walked in and you're showing everything and I'm like watching it on your story live. And, and all of a sudden I was like, I gotta, I gotta go to this store. (laughs) (laughs) And I had been there before, purchased some things from the women there. And I really do enjoy the mother daughter duo of the the ownership. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, I just thought like, it worked like, look, here Mm -hmm. she is showing some stuff. And then I went and Anyways, so I feel like how you're doing it is really successful because you've worked so hard at creating this brand. Mm-hmm. Like you've put in a lot of effort in this. Yeah, it's been a lot of work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's it's more than a full-time job. And it it's it's interesting cuz people sometimes most businesses don't but sometimes businesses still come at it like it's a hobby. Like, "Hey, like will you come do this thing and you know, just do it?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, this is my fee or whatever. And like, oh, like you charge. I'm like, oh gosh, do we have to have a class on social media now? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. all those ads that you have on TV and radio that don't do anything, it's been replaced by this. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's fun. It's, it, it's fun to make up your job as you go along. I've I'm kind of into it.
1: Yeah. You get to eat a lot of yummy food too. Yeah,
0: except I'm keto, which is really hard um, because yes. um, I, have a, I have a lymphatic disease that I keep in, under control by eating strict keto. So what I do is twice a month, I take a Friday night through Saturday night off of keto and I go to like six restaurants. Mm. It's crazy. And then I spread it out during the rest of the time. Okay. Um. The, those are fun days. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're very fun days. But yeah, lots of good food. Here. I
2: wondered how you did that because yeah. I, I had mentioned, I had heard you mention that you were on keto mm-hmm. and then I see sometimes how you're eating burgers or stuff that I know isn't keto. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I know she's doing this. I wonder anyways, thanks yeah. for explaining that. Yep. Yeah. And that's, what, it kind of keeps my sanity too, because, uh, you know,
0: eating keto is really hard mm-hmm. and, uh, it's a lot of work. So I just always think, okay, like another week
1: and then it's just going to be eat whatever yeah so should we talk about your enneagram number i wasn't surprised when i heard you were a three though like i have to say like, oh yeah
2: enneagram rachel numbers rachel hollis
1: is a three we can talk about three do you
2: want to talk about enneagrams yeah they...
1: kirsten is i'm obsessed with enneagrams
2: yes i was gonna say interested thank you for using the word obsessed <laughs> <You> <laughs> is... okay obsessed.
0: enneagrams are we're recording all this okay yes. yes enneagrams are weird because like there's so much stuff out there that you're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But then Enneagrams really work well with kind of my version of like how the universe is created. Like it's, it's a very, it's like if all the, of all of humanity was kind of just exploded into the universe in, and scientifically they were like given, right. uh, a, you know, a personality, which I'm like, I think that really coordinates with whatever, however you think people came to be. If you, you know, if you believe it was science or you believe it was a creator, there's gotta be science behind it, right? There has to be a way it was done. And it's like the way, like I'm reading this really cool book on it right now, but I'm like, it just makes sense that we would all kind of have these same like connections with I don't know. It's hard to explain the Enneagram, but so what it's, book like, are and you... it's
1: hundreds of years old too. Like yeah. it's not just some like random, like, no,
0: fad. that's what, and yeah, once you I have... figure it out and then you're like, oh my gosh, like it was so helpful for my daughter. We figured out her Enneagram and we were not able to connect. I should say, so I'm a three wing two and, and what, I, what does that mean? Okay. Well, first yeah. I'll, well, I'll say that I'm okay. in three wing two and then I could not understand my daughter. Like we have a hard time. So I had her take her test and I found out she's a four. And uh, fours are like people I have the hardest time understanding. So then she's reading this book. She's like, mom, it's like they're talking about me. But then I read it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is how she sees the world. Like I never this is so beyond my how my lens. But so a three is called the achiever and a three wing two is the charmer. And what I've discovered is that almost (laughs) almost every influencer yes. that I have met is a 3 and usually 3 wing 2. Yeah. Um there is like it is a charismatic, extremely driven, social person who's extremely competitive with themselves. Um it's they're very focused on they can tend to be vain. Um it's not all good things like and they right. um but like when you when I started reading about it, I was I felt like <laughs> I just understood myself so much better. And I also was like, I am also a workaholic. I strive to work so hard because it's the thing I can control and I'm good at. And so it helped me kind of see where I needed to, I guess, put less pressure on myself. And my husband's a one who is, which is a perfectionist kind of person. And we read a book by um, Gina Gomez, who's an Enneagram specialist who actually lives in Meridian. She moved from New York and we actually did some enneagram counseling with her because we read her book and we're like so we're either going to be the greatest power couple or we're gonna just tear each other apart and um anyway love the yeah. enneagram it's just very helpful i think good tools
1: yeah what are you i agree i'm a one okay yeah is
2: one the perfectionist is that what you call that's what it's called uh-huh. i can never remember uh-huh. Yeah. She likes it because she's the same as Brene Brown. Well, oh. I don't No, I don't like it. I think it's extremely hard to be at one. <laughs> no, but I mean, I like, you like, the, 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 like, that's your connection just, to Brene. That's why like,
1: I love Brene. I think, like, I can relate to her so much mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm... But I feel like it really helps relationships because then I found out my husband was an eight. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Which is... What's an eight again?
1: They call them the A-holes.
2: That's not what it is, though. <laughs> yeah. What's that's, it actually called? I what's, don't know. what's it actually called, though?
1: Yeah, like, I can't remember the actual name, but Let's it's like... It it's like they're very opinionated very strong-willed very um gosh i should know it but um yeah i just feel like it helped with our relationship because if i i could read his greatest fears and then say oh that makes the challenger the challenger okay that makes sense yeah they're
0: self-confident strong and assertive that's a nice way to say that (laughs) um yeah, it's so it honestly, helps with relationships. And I, I I, don't, I'm not a network, I don't like doing network events. I'll go, but I hate hosting them. Like I'm the worst. Um, but I've always thought it'd be fun to do a networking event based on the Enneagram where you meet with your other group and yeah. then kind of explain how to work with someone. Kirsten would go. <laughs> I think most people would. Yeah. Once you've done it, I think you get it. Like yeah. it mm-hmm. just makes a lot of sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and probably we interviewed a um, Enneagram Ashton and she's... Oh so great she mm-hmm. does she has this great instagram page on the enneagram and and so i think that's why like that got me into it I was yeah like, oh my gosh and then i started buying all the books and then but then i could really see value in how it was helping our, my relationships so. yeah
0: i just want everyone to have a little tag that says what they are and then like <laughs> yes. my best friend one yeah. of my best friends um he is a five and we our our relationships struggle because i don't fives are just mysteries to me and once he i knew he was a five before he took the test but once he took the test and he's like oh i'm a five i it changed the way we related with each other i had yeah. less expectations on certain things yeah. and i realized what i needed to do in our conversations to make him feel safer and it was
1: just it was great Well, it was so funny because when i was listening to your podcast and it said three i was like i knew it i knew
2: it <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. Yeah, that's really funny. So you have a large group of male friends that you're mm-hmm. seeing around town with.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What draws you to relationships with men, and what draw and what types of relationships are you drawn to?
0: <clears throat>
2: well, in general, I think
0: I noticed that just in general. I just wrote a, pa- a post about this like yesterday. But I I like very empowered people who really know who they are, and I think that. Like I want, I, I love being around people who are genuinely curious about things, um, and also people who are not. Um, like you can believe in a lot of things as long as it's you're not an absolutist. I guess would be the right way to say it. Like I don't like to be around people who believe that the way they see the world is the only way because that's asinine. So I have such varied friends um, because the way I look for them, like I I definitely it was a. It was a real problem for me in the beginning of like my marriage and when I was first had kids because I would look like in my church group and my neighborhood. And that was a terrible idea because I I just had a very hard time with women who were only connecting because their kids were the same age or they had the same religion. That was just a disaster for me.
1: And Women so, can be a little bit competitive too. Yeah. And like <laughs>
0: women in general, I've had, I've, uh, I had really like, I had some, horrible gossip in high school. And then I had honestly just terrible women church leaders. And like, I just had a lot of bad experience with women in general. So most of my friends in high school were, were men. You actually know one of my friends from high school. And then about six years ago, I told my husband, as I was moving into Hello Meridian, I was starting to meet so many more people and just like such cool people. I just said, listen, this whole like all my friends are women thing is so ridiculous so here's how it's gonna be like well not like that but like I need male friends and I need them to be my close friends and that's that's the only way I'm gonna find some like
1: some um connection
0: yeah, well, I mean, I I was connected to women, but like there was a huge part of myself that just wasn't finding what I needed from well, not the achiever, yeah, <laughs> and like men just to never tended to be super competitive with me, and I felt like men um, valued the things in me that I valued without being intimidated by those things. Mm. So um, he's like, yeah, that's cool, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> like let's like mm-hmm. just you know as long yeah. as we're all above board or, you know. So, um, yeah, I just started through work. I would just make these cool connections and then, um, and I'd be like, do you going to go to lunch? And it would be like, yeah. And then it just became very normal. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes I'll go on double dates with like my friends and their wives, but it's weird that my primary is, is the guy. And then mm-hmm. I will get to know their wives and it's, yeah.
2: it's, but for me, it's very comfortable. Yeah, but um... well, what you're saying like really resonates with me. So I have a few different friends, a couple of different guy friends that I know the guy far better. Right, they're the friend versus the wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have this one friendship that I I actually kind of got to know both of them, both the husband and the wife, on a different in a like different setting. Mm-hmm. And as I was getting to know her and getting to know how they operated as a couple, one of the phrases that she used with me was, as I was kind of sharing about my own relationship, she'd say, well, I'm a friend of the marriage, like a friend of the marriage, a friend of the marriage, meaning, and I kind of took that as if her husband is going to go have a a friendship with another woman so long as that woman is a friend of the marriage like not yeah. trying to cut oh, sure, yeah. right like uh-huh. not trying to cut the woman out or not trying to create problems within the marriage then that relationship was going to work between the two of them mm-hmm. and i just really liked that concept because my husband is he works in the medical field mm-hmm. And there are like two or three men that work in the clinic that Mm -hmm. he works in, right? And everyone else is a woman. Yeah. And that was actually something that I realized when my husband and I were dating was that I loved how comfortable he was with women, Mm -hmm. that he just had a lot of female friends. And that was something that I noticed about myself was that I'm very comfortable with men. And I remember being at college and being very bothered by men who were married, who then were all of a sudden so uncomfortable around women. I was like, "What is this? This doesn't very immature. It feels very weird. It just it felt very weird." And so I just like this idea of friendship Mm -hmm. and developing friends with people that we are like connect, like we feel connected to. Yeah,
0: it seems so obvious, and I think that's what bothered me is is that it always seemed ridiculous that we would take fifty percent of the population and say. Well, because we might be attracted to each other, potentially, then we're not going to connect, and uh, it's just another one of those things that's like, in society, just is a little slow on that, and even just Idaho is a little slow on that. I mean, most cities, this wouldn't even be a thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, well, this is this works for me, so, um, and it's it's been amazing. Um, I, I just feel I just feel just so much more balanced in my friendships. Um, the conversations I have are just. I don't know. Like everybody talks about self-care. It's like this big thing. And it's like, it looks like I have a lot of self-care on my page. Like that's not like taking care of my body and stuff. Isn't as much self-care. I have self-care through really challenging, interesting conversations. And, um, I usually find them to be just easier with men. Mm So I just need to kind of focus on that.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. So, what? I should
0: say my husband has a lot of girl, uh, women friends too. Like he's, yeah. he's very good with women. Like he, he's just, he just finds them. Well, it's the same. He just finds cool people and it doesn't really matter their mm-hmm. gender. So it's, it's helpful and, and, and we're not really jealous types either. So that's.
2: Yeah. And I think a part of it too plays into like feeling comfortable with who you are and feeling comfortable in your relationship with mm-hmm. your spouse. I mean, those things are important pieces in developing external relationship you know relationships yeah. with other people yeah 15 years ago it wouldn't be the same like we would we had to get to a point yeah
0: um mm-hmm. but i think if you're not at that point i think the question is not is it right or wrong or why are you not at that point because why would you take 50 percent of the population and and put them aside just because you happen to be in a relationship with one person that seems very unhealthy Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about female sexuality, which is like actually one of my favorite things to talk about. Sure, just a, so you know, not? like so. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like talking desire. about it. <laughs> desire, desire, <laughs> all the things that relate to female sexuality and mm-hmm. just sexuality in general. So when I head over to your website, hellomeridian.com, I get the sense that you're a woman who is comfortable with her sexuality well wait wait I
0: feel like I need to go ask some questions maybe I need to change my website um because I mean I obviously have pictures of myself where well like I mean and there's okay there's no nude pictures no, on my website great. you look beautiful no I,
2: like when I think about sexuality when I think about sexuality I think about how I am a like how I am a sexual being meaning mm-hmm. my body is created in such a way that allows me to operate within this system that mm-hmm. we're within and i feel like someone who is comfortable with their sexuality meaning they're comfortable with themselves mm-hmm. they're not afraid of different settings they're not they're not rigid in the way that they view the world mm-hmm. but that it feels like a very incorporated way of living so you t- you take
0: that d- that way of being and you tie it into a sexuality Mm -hmm. like I take that into more like a confidence of being and that sexuality is part of that like I mean yeah but it's interesting because you you say the word people say the word sexy that's so sexy we don't automatically mean it's because of sex but there is something uh, sexy about
1: Being confident. Being confident, yeah, Yeah. in general. And so in that,
0: yes, like, I mean, straight up just about sex, like, I like sex more than anyone I know. Like, why wouldn't you? It's fun. Like, (laughs) I am, and I'm very comfortable talking about sex because we should be. Like, it's a huge part of ourselves. There's this weird puritanical idea that because sex is also can be a very sacred thing between, you know, a couple that that means you shouldn't talk about it. And I don't see those as, uh, as, um, as opposites in any way, like sexuality is something that should be talked about openly and comfortably so that we are experiencing it to our full potential. And we also don't keep things in the shadows. Um, I think that, um, an inability to talk about sexuality is, um, has done nothing but caused pain and shame and um so i'm very much on the position of being more open about it right And I also like taking pretty pictures of myself.
2: (laughs) Yes. But I mean, yeah, like I go to the website and I see someone who loves herself, Mm -hmm. who's very comfortable. I mean, you're very comfortable with who you are. And like when I think about developing a healthy sense of self that incorporates like my sexual being. So when I talk to my kids about sex and when I live my life, Mm -hmm. I want my kids to see that I'm comfortable with who I am. There's not a rigidity there. I want them to feel comfortable in developing themselves and to feel like, hey, there is a normal part of healthy development here. And if we don't, I feel like if I don't frame it in a healthy way, then my children are going to have an unhealthy relationship with things that can take them into areas into their life and create a lot of darkness. Yeah. And so that's why I just.
1: That actually reminded me of my friend that lives in France. Mm -hmm. Um, I had this conversation when my son was like eighth grade and we were talking and she goes, Oh my gosh, you Americans and sexuality. Like, she just said, you just need to be more open and make it normal and common. And I was like, Oh, we had this long conversation. It was great. And I think that's, that's very good. America's great, but we're behind on a lot of things. And,
0: um, I think, you know, we're, we're very black and white here. You know, Mm -hmm. you're either, you're either in a church or out of a church You're either in this political party or not in this political, you know, it's like, nah, like these are constructs that in a hundred years probably won't exist, but we just hold on to them so tightly. And it might be just that we're a very young country and we're still learning. But I think like in our family, we're not talking about like, it's, it, again, it's the black and white thing. They're like, Oh, you talk about sex. You're talking about like graphic stuff. I'm like, no, we're not talking about sexual positions. We're just com- Sex comes up and it's like a very common thing. They see us like making out and him slapping my ass. Like, on a regular basis, they they also know that we get dressed up and we're like, hey, how do we look? We look hot, yeah, all right, we're gonna head out. Like they know we are a, a couple over anything and that we love each other and that we are, and we're also our own sexual beings and that's important, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's important to model to your kids that mm-hmm. you guys are in a relationship and you you do yeah. have sex and they yeah, do Yeah, they're know very
2: that. aware, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, How do you create harmony in your life Mm -hmm. when incorporating your values, family, profession, self-care, friendships, and personal interests? And I use the word harmony instead of balance. So for me, harmony is the sound we create in our lives when we honor all the facets that we value Mm -hmm. in a way that is important to us.
0: I think it's good, especially because I think balance is just something that's overused quite a bit. It's like, uh, I I don't know if balance makes sense. Um, and so I love the word harmony. Um, and that I think that's everybody's struggle right now. I mean, and um, for me, it's a very, very simple thing. It's about figuring out what you need more of and what you need less of, and even if those things hurt. So I had an extreme void in my life when I was a stay-at-home mom, as wonderful as it was, because the parts of me that I liked the most were not, they were not in the light at all. So um, starting a job that I could totally create on my own helped with that. Um, and then also right now, everyone's kind of going through transition, but I would say a lot of it is removing toxicity in general. Um, I had some movement away from a religion that I had been part of that I still value very much, but I realized that the toxicity in my life was causing a vibration that I couldn't, I I needed to remove from my life. And it was, it just wasn't it wasn't helping me. And so I removed that thing. It wasn't an easy thing, but I kind of think of us as I've written so many articles about this and I've never published any because I'm still refining it. But I think of all of us as made up as of all these piles. And so we're introduced to these piles that are of like rocks. like imagine the beach is full of rocks and like so all your political thoughts, so let's say it's like one party it's put into a pile and you're like this pick a pile and this is the religion somebody else put together pick a pile this is what it's like to be a mother pick the pile and like the foundations of a lot of those things are really good but I believe that if we can see ourselves having the ability to create our own piles completely and remove ourselves from those constructs, suddenly we have this power over our life that brings a level of joy and peace that even in the chaos, we know that we are are creating exactly what we want. Um, And it's not that I want to throw those piles away or throw the constructs away completely. Our ancestors did a lot of good for us, but things have to change. So for me, it was saying, um, I'm going to create my own job. I'm going to have a marriage that might look a little peculiar to other people, but it works for us. I am going to be 44 years old and be super comfortable with my sexuality and working in a much younger game and totally own it and like be fine with it. I'm going to totally have my own spirituality exactly as I want it without, without any fear or worry that it doesn't fit someone else's description of what it should be. And, and so Like, am I exhausted all the time? Am I stressed? Yeah, I'm a mom and it's been a pandemic and everything's crazy and everyone's mental health is out of control. But harmony for me is established once I took ownership completely of what defined my
2: existence. I
0: would say.
1: Creating the life you love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, That is so important. Thanks for sharing that. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Okay. So our last
1: question of the day, okay. we ask, we ask everyone this okay. is who is a woman past or present that has impacted your life and how, and if I, we should have told Natalie, she could say a man if she wanted to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, Honestly, I was saying it was a little hard for me because I mean, I love women. It's just anyway, but the thing is, is I, there's a, there's a moment in my life that I've thought about so many times. I've never actually talked about it or anything, but it just kept coming back. And it's something I've thought about so often, but when I was um, a teenager, uh, I, I had some really awful experiences with leader, women leaders, um, just basically be- instructing us that there was only one way to be a woman. And there was only one way to live, you know, a, a Christian life. And, um, they were really cruel women. And, um, and now my mom's like, Oh, I should never let you been around them. Like, you know, it's just, they were awful, but there was this one woman, her name was sister Hansen, And she came in, And I remember the first time she stood up in front of us, she said, um, all right, I'm going to talk to you guys about the most important virtue a woman could have. And I was like, oh, hell no. She's (laughs) going to talk about chastity or she's going to shame us or she's going to talk about motherhood. And I'm like, I want to die slowly inside. Not that I didn't like those things. it just was being crammed so hard. And she said, she's like, I want to talk about honesty and I want to talk about what it means to be honest with yourself. And She started teaching us as a leader about what it meant to have a refined character and what it meant to know who you want to be and to be a good person because you want to be, not because you're fearful, not because someone's telling you to be, but because you to your core want to be the person who you are honestly wanting to be. And she also delighted in my questions. And it was the first time I'd had that experience of somebody who wasn't bothered that I was interrupting the conversation. And she also said the words, I don't know, often. I don't know about that. That's something to think about. That's a good question. And it wasn't too, you know, I think in college as I started realizing she was one of the first truly empowered women I had met. And she was very different from the kind of person I would end up wanting to be. She was uh, like homeschool mom who made her kids clothes. And like, she was always super happy. There wasn't an ounce of sarcasm, like she's not like me at all. Mm -hmm. But she was able to let people be who they want to be. And she really focused on on just that character of being. And I held on to her as an example for many years. And so I, I would say that That one year with her as a leader was extremely impactful for me.
2: That is brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. It's like this woman planted these seeds to show you how to live this life of integrity, Mm -hmm. like integrity being you. Yeah. And integrity was
0: always the word growing up in in my church that I, 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 loved that word the that word was pushed so much and like that word i'm like yes Mm -hmm. that word is amazing and like we'd have to give talks or whatever and i would always talk on integrity and we talk about authenticity a lot which is a great word but dude integrity should be more of a catchphrase because
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it incorporates honor and all the things that like and she did she taught me that and she showed me values in a way that like i
1: wanted to be part of them
2: Mm -hmm. thank you love that so great oh my
1: goodness I've had such a great time getting to know you better and I know our listeners are gonna love getting to know you better as well and um so if anyone wants to find you we can they can follow you on Hello Meridian. Yes. If anyone's local that's not following Hello Meridian, you need to go
2: follow <laughs> her right now. Yeah, and check out her your website. Yes, a, and I have a, a great website. resource. Yes,
0: so and, and that's in the process of just becoming like a local. Basically, anything you have questions about local, it's all right there. And and then I have a podcast, um, the Boise Bubble Podcast. So awesome! Well, thank yes, you so much. Yes, this is so fun. Thanks so much for coming yeah.
1: today. We really appreciate it. Awesome,
0: thank you. The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five star review. Follow us on Instagram at the Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time.